So good morning. Um, yeah, my name is Matt. I'm on the leadership team here, and it's a real joy to continue our Freedom Series. Um, this week's title is Choosing to Believe the Truth. Choosing to Believe the Truth. In this series, um, we have some core truths that we hold dear to here at Jubilee. Number one, we believe that Scripture, Scripture is the inerrant Word of God. Now, the word inerrant means incapable of being wrong. And I know this can cause a bit of a sticky question for some people. And and I've struggled sometimes to be able to explain what the inerrant word of God kind of means. And I read a quote from a very clever man called Charles C. Ryrie. He said this, "The the inerrant word of God, it does not demand rigidity of style and perfect quotations. The inerrancy of the Bible simply means that the Bible tells the truth. Truth can and does include approximations, free quotations, language of appearances, and sometimes different accounts of the same event, as long as they do not contradict. The Bible is incapable of being wrong. It is the inerrant word of God. And two, we believe that the Bible tells us and teaches us and demonstrates that freedom is our inheritance. When we give our lives to Jesus and we're born again through him to become the children of God, freedom is our inheritance. It has been won for us. And three, we believe that we must partner with the Holy Spirit and choose truth. So this freedom has been won for us. We have been born into this like life of freedom But if you don't actively choose to believe the truth and partner with the Holy Spirit, you will not live a life in freedom. So today we're looking at choosing to believe the truth. I'm I'm going to do three things. First, I'm I'm going to talk about why we choose to believe the truth, because the truth stands forever. Second, that the truth stands no matter, no matter what, the truth stands And we're going to land looking at, so now, will I choose to stand in the truth? So I need to pray. 2 Corinthians 3.17. We're told, Lord, that the Lord, you, are the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Jesus, you said in John 16.13, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So, Heavenly Father, we need you to pour out your Spirit here. Holy Spirit, you are totally welcome. I ask you, Lord, for your kingdom to come in this room. Every voice, every lie that would try and distract, I command you to be still command you to be quiet. I speak the light of heaven in this room. Darkness has to go. Amen. So let's begin. Do you know, in choosing to believe the truth, we must know that the truth stands forever. Forever. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Psalm 119, verse 89 says, Your word, O Lord, is everlasting. It is firmly fixed 
in the heavens. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. The truth stands forever. This word, incapable of being wrong, stands forever. I was looking in John chapter 8, verse 31. Jesus is talking to some um, Jews who had believed in him. And he said to them, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, my followers. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That word, when Jesus said, if you abide, that word abide really does mean to not depart, not to leave, to actively continue to be present in his word. And the word truth, you will know the truth, is this Greek word aletheia. And it means what is true in any matter under consideration, regardless of time or circumstance. So the truth that is true in any matter under consideration, regardless of time or circumstance, will remain. Jesus said, if you remain and stay in my word, you will know the truth, true in any matter, regardless of time or circumstance, and the truth will set you free. And I had a little play in my mind. I was like, well, Lord, but, but then how, how can this word like, stand forever? Well, a few verses later, in the same conversation, Jesus is explaining this freedom that he says the truth, his word, will bring you. And he says in verse 36, he says, If the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. In John 1, right at the start of the Gospel of John, John explains, he said, You know, in the beginning was the word, Jesus. And the word, Jesus, was with God. And the word, Jesus, was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus in John 14 verse 6 said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. All throughout the Gospel of John, Jesus couldn't map it out any clearer. I am the truth that the word reveals. If you abide, actively remain in my word, you will know the truth, that's him, and he will set you free. Because when the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. And Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ, hallelujah, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In choosing to believe the truth, we must know that the truth, the Lord, he stands forever. And you've got to know that the truth stands no matter, no matter the circumstance. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So everything you know, everything you're aware of, everything you see at some point will fall and will disappear. We understand different levels of truth, like at the moment, Rishi Sunak is the leader of the Conservative Party. That is true right now. In 10 years' time, probably not going to be true. There's certain truths that don't stand for very long. Like circumstance can knock some truths. Like, like right now, just so you know, feel quite happy. Genuinely do, feel quite happy. 
had, had a good bit of sleep last night for the first time this week. <laughs> I woke up feeling happy. I may not be able to say I feel happy tomorrow morning. I may not. Certain truths do not stay true because of circumstance. But this truth remains true no matter. Do you know, in, in Matthew 8, we read this account from verse 23, where when Jesus gets into a boat and his disciples follow him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped with waves. But there was Jesus, just still lying asleep. And the disciples, some of them, like experienced fishermen, in absolute panic, wake him up. And like, save us, Lord, we're dying, we're going to die. And Jesus looked at them and said, why are you afraid? Oh, ye of little faith. And he rose and rebuked the winds and the waves. And there was a great calm. And they all marveled at him. Like, what sort of a man is this? That even the winds and the sea obey him. Do you know, in Mark chapter 4, this same story is, is retold by someone else. And in this, they even add that in verse 38, when Jesus was asleep, like on a cushion, don't know how, <laughs> boat must have been thrown around, like waves coming in. Jesus is completely at peace. That's freedom. But they woke him and say, teacher, don't you care that we're dying? Like in Matthew, it says, that, oh, we're dying, help us. And in Mark, it Reveals a little bit more. They were, they were like, don't you even care that we're going to die? How can you still be asleep? Because sometimes, like, waves and storms of life that come for us don't merely distract us from the truth who is there. Like in the story, I mean, you could look at them and almost mock the disciples and be like, guys, like, he's literally there. <laughs> you know you're not going to die. Like, the, like, God himself is in the boat. Like, you've got, you're good. <laughs> Just lie down next to him. Chill out. <laughs> enjoy, the, enjoy the ride. Like in Matthew, it sounds like all the storm is doing is making them a bit scared. In Mark, it reveals that the storm and the waves that were coming for them were distracting them so much from the word and the truth. It made them even question, how can you love me? How could you even love me? I bet almost everyone in this room has either gone through or is going through something that causes your heart to say, how can you even love me if you're letting me go through this? Those feelings will be true. The truth, though, promises deliverance promises deliverance. They cried out. God's words stayed true. They were delivered, not because of their great faith, but because of his great faithfulness. 2 Timothy 2.13, Paul wrote, if we are faithless, he remains faithful because he can't deny himself. His faithfulness, his truth, the truth of this word does not depend on how high or big the waves are or whether you can handle them or whether you can't whether they're just making you scared and fear for your life or whether they're even making you doubt God's existence or even his love for you. His truth remains true forever. His truth remains true no matter what is coming for you. Do you know, late in 2022, Terry Virgo, good man, said this, 
said a tough year is coming to a close. For some, it has been brutal. There is no guarantee that 2023 will be any better. What is guaranteed for believers is God's unswerving faithfulness, awesome power, and determination to glorify his son through his bride, the church, which is you. Regardless of whether or not you get moments of where the storm just calms in a miraculous instant, or whether there are times when he is calling you, come lie down next to me. Let the waves be the waves. Let the storm be the storm. Come lie down next to me. No freedom, despite circumstance. In choosing to believe the truth, we must know that the truth, his word, the Lord, stands forever. We must know that the truth stands no matter Which brings us to the question, now will I choose to stand on the truth? Now you could try and catch me out and be like, Matt, no, the title of your talk, my friend, was choosing to believe the truth, that you've changed it. Do you know in our culture, when we talk about believing, it's way more about feeling and in the moment. What do you believe right now? When Jesus spoke about believing, when the writers of this word of God heard the Lord speak to them and wrote it down, when they spoke about believing, their belief had to be married up with action. It had to look like something. In James chapter 2, James is a hard book to read. James chapter 2 from verse 14, James says, like, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says they have faith or belief, but doesn't have anything to show, has no works that display the faith or belief they have. He says, can that faith or belief really save you? He gives this example. He's like, do you know, if a brother or a sister is poorly clothed, cold, and lacking in daily food, and one of you goes up to them and says, oh, I'll go in peace. Go in peace, be warm, be filled. But if you don't do anything to address their need, he says, what good? What good are your sentiments or your thoughts? Verse 17, he goes as far as saying, faith by itself, if it does not have anything that makes it look like action, is dead. Fortunately for me, we're not digging into that right now. But knowing that this truth stands forever, that is a good place to start. Knowing that this truth stands no matter is a really, really good place to be. But unless you choose to stand in this word and abide in this word, you will not know the truth and you will not live free. Even though freedom as a son or a daughter of God is your inheritance that has already been purchased. I was explaining, I told my boys this morning that I was preaching, and, and I said, like, man, I've got to come up with a fairly simple analogy. Of, and I was like, boys, imagine if, um, if someone knocked on the door and said, you just won a holiday to Disney World, Florida. I was like, would you be excited? They're like, yes! I was like, you've got to know this is an analogy. <laughs> I was like, now imagine if 
If I put you in the car and a really cool transport plane came, and in our car we got transported and flown over to Florida and we landed right in the middle of Disney World Florida, like, how cool would it be? They're like, so cool, Daddy. It's like, God, remember, it's an analogy. <laughs> it's like, can you imagine if one of you got out and the other one wouldn't? Like, imagine, boys, if one of you got out of the car and, and, and everything's free. Everything's free. You've got one of those VIP, like, skip the stuff, the queue passes. And, and as that, one of you is just sat in the car with your seatbelt still on. As that, is, does where, where your brother is, is where he is, does it change? No. No, the truth stands. Is what he has access to, does, does that change? No. What is, what is happening? One of you has not chosen to live and stand in what is true. They were blown away by that. They're like, why? Who would? <laughs> I was like, all of us. Every single one of us, from elder to the newest believer, every single one of us has inherited freedom that regardless of the storm, would allow in peace us to lay down next to the Lord himself. And whether he calms the storm or not, no peace, no joy. That is freedom that can only be found in this word that stands forever, stands no matter. But unless you choose to stand in it, James would almost say that truth might as well be dead to you. So one of, the, one of the wonderful things is that we're promised that the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. Like you don't have to discover it yourself and do a really big Bible course and know it all off by heart and then oh, I know how to... No, no, the, like the Father sent the Spirit so he could lead us into all truth and the truth would set us free that's why where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, because he's constantly leading you in the freedom that is yours. Do you know, I, I recommitted my life to Jesus in 2005. I knew the word of God was true. I knew it stood forever, because I knew he did. I knew that nothing could stop it being true, and I knew that um, Galatians 5.1, for freedom, Christ has set me free. But I did not stand in that truth. I had a barrier in my life. Come back to this in a minute. I had a barrier. I had the truth literally in my hands, but I had a barrier between me and the truth that was there to set me free. One of my barriers, <laughs> I had a list. I perhaps still do. One of those barriers was my addiction to pornography. My addiction to pornography went for years, years. Even into my marriage. I'd become a Christian. I was saved. The Lord had come to live in my heart. And I knew nothing would separate me from him. Total freedom had come to live in my heart. I'd been transported from wherever I was, and I now was sat in, in freedom itself. 
but I couldn't get out of my car. I didn't live in freedom. The biggest barrier that I held onto was the secrecy of it. So the Holy Spirit is there to lead us into all truth and lead us into freedom. He tends not to drag us. I go as far as saying the Holy Spirit even opens the door of your car and calls you, woos you to get out. But he won't grab you by the hair and rip you out of the car. He will lead you. But one of the biggest barriers we will have is when we hold on to secrecy. If I believed, truly believed, didn't just like, yeah, yeah, I know that, but if I believed, like Jesus spoke what belief looked like of action, that sin had no power over me, that, that the Son had set me free, that I'd been bought with a price, that the old had truly gone and the new had fully come, I would have shared my weakness and opened the door for the Lord to show his strength. But I didn't for so many years. My hidden and therefore, dare I say, intentional sin, because I was making a choice to stand in my sin instead of standing the truth, even though since exposing my sin to my wife, to some close Christian brothers, my life didn't look like sin, like, like complete freedom from sin. I didn't become perfect. I still struggle with temptation. Even now, I still struggle with temptation. But my decision to expose my struggles, my weakness, it was my declaration that I am not standing behind my barriers to the word. I will stand in the word. Because regardless of how big the waves of the storm appear, I know the word of God is true forever. It is true no matter. And so I will choose to stand in it. Whether God miraculously makes all my barriers and my storms disappear and be calm. Or whether he calls me to lay my head down next to him. And somehow still know the peace of God that surpasses understanding. No matter the circumstance I walk in, the addictions that I face. Could I have the band back up, please? We have a wonderful amount of time to respond. So truly believing, choosing to believe the truth of this word, of what God promises you, requires faith, and faith that is living requires action. To live in freedom, decisions that are based on the word of God, actions that follow the person of Jesus Christ. Because living outside of this word or living with barriers that you are holding on to, like it or not, holding on to barriers between you and the word of God in your lifestyle, in your decisions, in your sin, in your fear, in your shame, is deciding to live outside with the freedom that Jesus Christ won for you. It is deciding to stay sat in your car. And there's contributing factors to it. Like part of, 
part of my addiction to pornography was that since, since becoming a Christian, I didn't think the freedom that God offered me could match the gratification I had previously had that sin appeared to give me. Even though, even though all it did was pour shame and guilt on my head, I was not convinced that the freedom and the love of God and living side by side with the Lord himself would give me the same level of gratification I would get from different sin in my life. I was choosing to hold on to lies, to sin, to fear and shame, instead of hold on to the word of God which promised me fullness of life. There are barriers that are different to storms. Storms come for you. Oh, we have to pray. But sometimes God will say, lie down next to me. Let this storm carry on. Sometimes he will calm it. Barriers, though, are things that we have to choose to let go of, choose to expose, choose to bring into light. Is the first song going to be before the throne? I'm so glad. So we're going to worship to this song before the throne of God. Because regardless of how good you're feeling about yourself or what your truth feels like it is today, we are, if you are a believer of Jesus Christ, before the throne of God above. And every truth that we will sing is going to be a declaration of deciding to hold on to truth. After that song, I might ask the band to do the stand song. Would that be okay for earlier? And Sam and Grace might lead us in a response of actively choosing to lay barriers down, whether they still carry on to exist in your life or not, and choosing to hold on to this word and to stand in it. So if you guys could, could lead us. Hey, my name's Dan Baptist and I'm lead pastor here at Jubilee Community Church. We really hope that something from this morning's word has blessed you and reached you. And if you'd like to talk about anything you've heard or just be able to talk about maybe faith or get some prayer, then please get in contact. You can email us, give us a call at the centre and one of the team's going to get back to you. We'd love to do this, especially if you're just thinking about what it is to become a Christian. You want to sit down and really talk that through with anyone. We also run regularly on a Sunday some joining the church courses. And if you want to know more about Jubilee Community Church and what it is to belong here, then you can just uh, find out online when the next one of those is going on and you can attend, have a meal, sit down, talk about it. We also have some amazing midweek group life uh, where it's a great opportunity to dig further into your faith. Again, you can find out that on our website too. Anyway, just wanted to say hi and uh, bless you and we'll catch up soon.